Hallelujah. Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ our King. We are so excited for this opportunity to share the Word of God with you through your favorite program, The Moment of Truth. We are at a critical moment in God's plan for humanity, and God is said to do awesome things in and through individuals, families, communities, organizations, nations, continents, and across generations. As we proclaim the Word of God in the following series, you are going to receive illumination and direction, especially those in the Valley of Decision, and hopefully you'll be accurately positioned for the current move of God. So, sit back and relax. Go ahead, call your family and friends, and get ready for a life-changing encounter with the Word of God. As you do, your life will never be the same again. You may be seated in His presence. Good morning. God bless you. Amen. Say to your neighbor, peace to you. Peace to your house. And peace to all that you have. In the mighty name of Jesus. We're Lateran Assembly. Happy New Year to you once again. It gives me such a great joy to teach the series of messages you will hear in all the Sundays of January. For a very long time, I shut the messages down because of the abuses that were clearly evident in the church. And towards the tail end of last year, I had released my spirit to remove the veil and to bring forth timely message That will not only change people's lives, but it will change their perspective of good success and true prosperity. And I did my best in the first four days of the year, beginning from January 1 to 4. But I couldn't even finish the first pillar. On the fourth, I just presented it to you. I would do a recap for the sake of those who are not there. And for the sake of our television audience, we are going to put a straight stick beside a crooked stick so as to give opportunity to people to stop buying pigs in the pork. Almighty God never designed his church to be a casino. Neither did he design it to be a place 
We are his people who will be taken advantage of. And that has gone on for too long a time. Tell your neighbor, beware of the gospel that only favors and benefits the preacher at the expense of the congregation. Let me lay foundation for this word before we go into scriptures. Over the years since I stepped into ministry, I've seen the bastardization of the gospel by those who think that godliness is a means of gain. These men and women have perverted the truth and have taken advantage of the gullible. Unfortunately, those who know the truth do not have the platform or the stature of these wicked men within the church of the living God so as to countermand them from spreading their fake gospel. Turn your Bible with me this morning to Jeremiah chapter 5 beginning from verse 20 to verse 31. Jeremiah 5 20 to 31 and we'll go into the book of Timothy, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy and read a few verses from there and then we can proceed. Jeremiah chapter 5 beginning from verse 20 to 31. Declare this in the house of Jacob and proclaim it in Judah, saying, Hear this now, O foolish people. Who are foolish people? House of Judah, house of praise. O foolish people without understanding, who have eyes and see not, and who have ears and hear not. Do you not fear me, says the Lord? Will you not tremble at my presence who have placed the sand as a bound of the sea by a perpetual decree? Do you understand what God is saying here? He said, can't you see? You just go to Bar Beach. You go to seaside to enjoy yourself. But can't you see that as, 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 as powerful as the sea can be, when he's coming, I almighty God place sand as his barrier and he can cross. Have you been to Barbage before? I went there once. It was Mrs. B who took me there. It was still cutting then. And she said, we should go to Bar Beach. And my mother had warned me. <laughs> Before I left, I begged her, I said, My Lord, where? My Lord, where? My Lord, where? Lokuma. My Lord, where? Lokuma. My Lord, where? Lokuma. Oh, Ongbewa. My Lord, where? My Lord, where? My Lord, where? My Lord, where? Lokuma. My Lord, where? Lokuma. My Lord, where look, come on, oh, oh, 
She was living in Ikoya. I was living in Bagada. I said we should go to Bar Beach. We got there. She had rolled her jeans. I stood like this. <laughs> the only other time I'd ever visited was school excursion in 1965 with Mr. Osho. And they took us to Bar Beach. I stood afar off. All I gathered was sand. I gathered sand and put it in nylon bags to go and spread it on my father's grave. Because that was all I could do to decorate his resting place. But this day, this woman was bold. She was putting her leg in the place and she was going and said, My love, my love. He said, What is it? It's not going to. I said, Shepupo. Don't you fear me? I put sand as barrier for the sea. Let's read on. Do you not fear me, says the Lord? Will you not tremble at my presence? We have placed the sand as a band of the sea by a perpetual decree that it cannot pass beyond it. And though its waves toss to and fro, yet they cannot prevail. Though they roar, they cannot pass over it. You go and put concrete there. The day they will knock it down, it will be like Katrina. Do you understand me? Go and put concrete in the scientific innovation. The day the thing will knock it down easy. But what he has positioned there by perpetual decree. Eru alonu ba mi. Eru alonu ba mi o. On to bati kinu lokore. Koseni to le daduro. Let's read on. But these people has a defiant and rebellious heart. They have revolted and departed. They do not say in their heart, let us now fear the Lord our God, who gives rain both the former and the latter rain in its season. He reserves for us the appointed weeks of the harvest. Your iniquities have turned these things away, and your sins have withheld good. From you. For among my people are found. I can't hear you. If you are not saying it, you are wicked. For among my people are found wicked men. They lie in wait as one who sets snare. They set a trap. They catch men. I call this one charismatic zoo. But it's men that they catch and bring in there. As a cage is full of birds, so their houses are full of deceit. Therefore, they have become great and grown rich. They have grown fat. They are sleek. Yes, they surpass the deeds of the wicked. They do not plead the cause because of the fatherless, yet they prosper. And the right of the needy, they do not defend. Shall I not punish them for these things? Says the Lord, shall I not avenge myself on such a nation as this? An astonishing and horrible thing has been committed in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely. And the priests rule by their own power. And my people love to have it so. But what will you do in the end? 
Because the people love it so. Therefore, you will stretch your hand for someone to anoint it so that wealth will gravitate towards your hands and it will tell you, give a thousand and God will give you a hundred thousand. Tell your neighbor, the church is not casino. I did not see Jesus practice that. Instead, I saw him take little from their hands, blessed it, and gave it back to them. Don't you believe in giving? I believe in God. I give. It's a lifestyle. Do you understand me? It's a lifestyle. It's what I do continually. I enjoy doing it because he's the provider. I brought nothing into this world and it is certain I will carry nothing out. So I will not spend my life chasing things I will never take out of here. I'll do my bit. Innocent work. And I choose to win by righteousness all the time. The day will not come when someone in this church or elsewhere will say, he took advantage of me and coveted my gold or my silver. Every true apostle and every true prophet must do what Samuel did. Samuel called the entire nation in the presence of King Saul. He said, witness against me. Whose gold have I taken? Whose silver have I taken? Whose money have I taken? They said, none. His sons could not say so. Because they were collecting bribes. Sometimes it's not like son, like, like father, like son. And when you dig it deep, the sons of Eli, the sons of Samuel, you will see that their fathers were busy with ministry and their mother was nowhere to be found. Oh, who is Mrs. Eli? Well, we told her about Mrs. Samuel. Paul, the apostle stood, he said, I've coveted no man's gold. I've coveted no man's silver. I've coveted no man's apparel. These, my hands, have provided my necessities. And for those who are with me, in doing so, I've taught you what the Lord taught me, that is much more blessed to give than to receive. But these people catch men and lock them in and play on their intelligence and say, if you are 60 years old, you give 60,000. If you are 40 years old, you give 40,000. If you are given Naira, go to my left. If you are given dollar, uh, go to my right. If you are given boat, come into the center. And people are there looking at them. Such people should be stoned. Because they have stolen your mind. Do you understand me? Uh, one of my friends who is a Muslim sent a video to me. As we are preparing for the new year of a preacher who was taking advantage of the people and he sent a caption. Is this what the church had become? The world is watching us. God Almighty is watching. And guess what? Satan also knows he's luring them away to the blackness of darkness reserved for such people forever. First Timothy chapter 1. They think godliness is a means of gain. 
So if there's no job working and there's no business you can do, start a church. Just put some board there and people will come. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 1 to verse number 10. First Timothy 6, 1 to 10. He's talking to employees and employers now. Let as many as bond servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and his doctrine may not be blasphemed. And those who have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren. Hello. That is, if you are working for a Christian, don't take advantage of him. What can he do? We enter, we go to the same church. Don't do that. If you're a public servant, if you're in private sector, work as if you're serving God. Okay? And those who are believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather serve them because those who are benefited are believers and beloved. Teach and exalt these things. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, reviling, evil suspicions, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth. Who suppose that? I can't hear you. They suppose, they think in their heart that godliness is a means of gain. From such, withdraw yourself. You know, I listen to some of their testimonies. They will look for two people who get some breakthroughs and they will tell when daddy prayed and I gave a thousand I got a million that's enough for the rest to go haywire they don't know how they got it nobody asked when the true testimonies are told you'll be, you'll be so shocked at what we package as what God has done and so if we can arrange two or three people to say when I gave a thousand, I got ten million. And father said, daddy said, mommy said. Rather than following eternal principles of God's word and prospering God's way, you look for quick fixes and shortcuts. At the end of the day, you shall circuit your own destiny. And sometimes I pay attention to look at the life of the children of these men. To look at their family setting. To look at what is plaguing them. Say, can they see, can they connect? That you will reap what you sow. Now, godliness with contentment. Is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world. And it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing. With these we shall be content. (laughs) But those who desire to be rich. Is there anyone here who does not desire to be rich? Lift up your hand. 
This is being reached at all costs. We must make it. And then they are looking for you to put you in prison. And then you destroy all that you have ever labored for. And then And what use it is when there is no peace in your heart. When you have blessing that comes with sorrow. It's not from the Lord. How much can you eat out of what you are gathering? When riches increase, the amount of them that eat it also increase. You now become chief launcher, chief this, do you understand me? You lose your simplicity and everything about you must just be this and that and this and that. You are running crazy, little by little, eating ye. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful laws which drown men in destruction and perdition. That's their last bus stop before they are kicked into hell. Destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. But you man, oh man of God, flee. Now don't toy with it. Flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. How do I defend it? What would I tell you? That EFCC is looking for me? What would I say to you? It's okay if they are looking for me for wrong things, for persecution. It's fine. But if I've done something that warrants it, then I do not know uh, the doctrine that are called uh, godliness. I must live above board. If they put me in jail tomorrow morning because of prophecy, you will pray. But if they say somebody was trying to launder money, and they paid it through lettering. And they gave me my court. And I got my court and they traced the money. Who we pray? Granot, let me sell. Pastor Kilo Chin Selei. Elemwa Bele Pon Chocho. Plenty. Second Timothy. Second Timothy chapter two verse number fifteen. Second Timothy chapter two fifteen. Be diligent to present yourself approved to your congregation, approved to PFN, approved to Khan, approved to other men of God. But diligent to present yourself approved to God, 
A worker who does not need to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth because you can wrongly divide it. But shun profane and idle babblings for they will increase to more ungodliness. And their message will spread like cancer. I menors and phyletors of this world, their message will spread like how? Cancer. Many people see church growth. They do not know that cancer is also growth. Do you understand me? Because people will rush after error. Everybody is looking for quick fixes. Do you understand me? Someone said to me, hey, Pastor, the reason your church is not growing is you are not making dickens and dicknesses and ordaining people every year to do what? Where is my McDonald's franchising that I've established everywhere that they go and pilot and pilot it and say, you stay here, you stay there. I'm not against church planting. It's a good thing if you're not planting church, if you're not growing. It's an assignment so to do. But what are they doing inside? Do you care? Their messages. And their message will spread like cancer. Hymeners and phylogies of this sort. Hmm? Who have strayed concerning the truth. Saying the resurrection is already past. And they overthrow the fate of Saul. Nevertheless. Oh, I love this in King James Version. It said, nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure. Having this seal, the Lord knows them that are is. That every man that names the name of the Lord Jesus Christ depart from iniquity. Why? Because in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver but also of wood and of earth and some to honor and some to dishonor. What type of vessel are you? When we have lost all sense of honor, we do desperate and despicable things. We lie to take advantage. The Lord just said to me, there are people here today with a thousand naira. Then he will reduce up to hundred naira. When nobody is coming out. I see them, I say, are you crazy? Is anybody looking at this circus show? I'm not going to sit down until you dip your hand to your pocket and bring everything out. How will he return home? And you know what I notice? In churches where they take three, four, five, six offerings, the congregation also know the pastor. So they plan to give 500 naira. So they put it 100, 100. You are going to take 500. First offering, 100. Second, we are asked that's what he planned to give from the beginning. I pray the Lord will come, the day will come when we leave church and when you are going, you drop what you have in the box. Do you understand me? Because nobody is looking for what is in your hand. Do you get my point? Yes, we need resources in the church. Who does not know? We buy diesel. We maintain AC. We pay staff. We have to eat. 
Bena lò nto denu ni bu mò kati o fisi. Agba lò omeri balè juntulo. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Flee also youthful laws, but pursue righteousness, faith. Didn't he say it before? Why is he repeating it? Because it's worth repeating. Love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes knowing that they generate strife and a servant of the law must not quarrel but be gentle to all are you listening able to teach patient in humility correcting those who are in opposition if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses only want to ye and escape the snare of the devil having been taken captive by him to do his will right inside the church my heart bleeds when i see those merchandising the anointing making false promises to church people who are so gullible to buy them hook, line, and sinker. And when it doesn't work, they say, check your life. So you go again with guilt that there must be something wrong with me. No, many times nothing is wrong with you. It's just that you have, they have stolen your mind. You are not in control. You don't think accurately anymore. And you are looking for a casino where you can drop a coin and pull the lever. Money come here to me now. A lady was preaching on, on TV and he says, Psalm 119, verse number 65. The Lord just said to me now, if you send $119.65, your miracle is on your way. And people were starting to give. Which God? Mammon. And guess what? Because they have material things to show for their excesses, people believe their story. If there was any time Jesus showed extreme anger in the course of his earthly ministry, it was when he turned the table of money changers upside down right in the sanctuary. Luke chapter 19 Verse 41 to 48. This foundation is critical because you cannot access the things we are about to teach by the grace of God with greed and covetousness in your heart. Luke 19, 41 to 48. Now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it. Saying, if you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things are made for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you and close you in on every side. 
and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. Then he went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in it. Do you know church has become a shopping mall? Let me explain what I'm saying to you. There are those who are in church this morning. The reason they have come is they have customers they will sell clothes to. They have customers they will sell jewelry to. They buy it and pay little by little so they catch them on Sundays. <laughs> Ask them what the preachers preached that day. I hope Sister Clara made it to church today. <laughs> We come to pay religious duties and social, uh, make social connections. Message is going on only, it's real gold. They are not different from those on the roadside. <laughs> Saying to them, it is written, my house is a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Who made it? Those who are selling and buying merchandising, the anointing within the house. You think it's a church. It is a den of thieves. And he was teaching daily in the temple where the chief priests, the scribes, and the leaders of the people sought to destroy him and were unable to do anything for all the people were very attentive to hear him. Let me go a little step further to show you how deadly these things are. They become endemic in the church. Every attempt to raise money has brought in nothing but covetousness spreading like cancer in the church. The people are eager to hear what the Lord will say. They are looking for a method to come out of their financial prisons and then whatever is left in their hands we take them or like Elijah who took the meal, the last meal of the widow and the widow survived. We take their last meal and they die and we bury them and we look for the next one. Look, if you are led by the Spirit of God to give and it's working for you, does anybody need to push you? Would anybody need to arrange testimonies to inspire you to give? If you follow God's principles and you get result, nobody can talk you out of it. 
the Lord Jesus wrote seven letters to seven churches in Asia through Apostle John in the island of Patmos. I want us to examine three of those letters. I'll start with two. The one that was written to the church in Tartyra. The one that was written to the church in Philadelphia. And the one that was written to the church in Laodicea. Because they apply to the truth I'm about to teach. I don't want you to please take this word because I said so. I want you to sit down with your Bible like the burying Christians and examine if these things are so. And until you are fully persuaded in your heart, do nothing. Because a lot of mess has gone forth in the church. The reason we are reading these three letters is because I want to let you see that pastors and congregation members are swimming in the depths of Satan. And that rather than being the church of God, they have become the synagogue of Satan. But in the midst of the depths of Satan and the synagogue of Satan, God will raise pillars. I do not want you to hear the seven biblical pillars of wealth creation and not know that at the end of the day when you apply the principles, you are the one becoming pillars. I want you to understand that. Lest we gloss over these things and you don't know. Let's go into the word of God. Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter number 2, verse 24 to 29. Revelation 2, 24 to 29. Now to you I say, to the rest in Tyra, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known what, I can hear you. You know, God says, deep calls unto deep. There's depth of God. There's depth of Satan. As many of you as have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put on you no other burden. But hold fast what you have till I come. If I didn't hold fast what God gave to me, I would have dropped it and, 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 and embraced games and gimmicks all along. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels. As I also have received from my father. And I will give him the morning star. Evil has an ear. Let him hear what the spirit say to the churches. What is the key thing we are looking for here? The depths of Satan. What are the depths of Satan? We'll come back to that. Write it down. The depths of Satan. I will come just in case you are also swimming in those depths. Let's read the second scripture. Revelation chapter number three. Verse 
verse 7 to 13. Revelation 3, 7 to 13. This is the faithful church. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, This thing says, He who is holy, He who is true, He who has the key of David, He who opens and no one shuts, And shuts and no one opens. How many would like to have that? He has a key. When he opens a door, No man can shut it. When he shuts a door, No man can open it. How many times has he shut the door of misery that you are knocking at? And how many times has he shut the door of prosperity that you refuse to go into? Because you don't know. I'm the one that holds the key of David. I open a door no man can shut. I shut a door no man can open. I know your works. See, I've set before you an open door and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength and have kept my word and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. Because you have kept my command to persevere. I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to set those, to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast what you have that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. What is it that we want to examine here? The synagogue of Satan and then the pillars. Now, he said the pillars will no longer go out. Why? Even if this whole building catches fire and the roof is burnt and the chairs are consumed, the pillars will stand. Pillars don't move. Pillars don't move. Let me show you what the pillars are. Acts of the Apostle chapter 8, from there we'll go to the synagogue of Satan, and then we'll go to the depths of Satan. It is important to lay this bear, or as a little fee, and you start running around, and by the time you hear your next preacher on television, you have lost everything you have had. You're going to hold fast unto it until it begins to walk in your life and you never lose it, lose hold of it again. Acts of the Apostle chapter 8. Now Saul was consenting to his death. Who's dead? Stephen. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout 
their regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. Pillars don't move. Pillars don't move. Come rain, come shine. They stand there. They rise in the defense of the gospel. They keep on keeping on. Regardless of what others have to show for their fake gospel. Who are the pillars? Galatians chapter 2. There's no way you embrace God's principles and those pillars of wealth creation that you don't become a pillar yourself. Galatians chapter number 2. Let me begin from verse 1 to 10. Galatians 2, 1 to 10. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and also took Titus with me. And I went up by revelation and communicated to them that gospel which I preached among the Gentiles, but privately to those who are I can't hear you. Privately to those who are of reputation, lest by enemies I might run or are drawn in vain. Those who are not accountable to anybody is because they are perpetrating their error. They don't want anyone to look into it. You must have people who say, look, I received this of the Lord. What do you think? Yet not even Titus who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. After these, and these are called because of false brethren secretly brought in, who came in by still to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ, in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage, to whom we did not yield submission, even for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. But from those who seem to be something, whatever they were, it make no difference to me, God shows personal favoritism to no man. For those who seem to be something added nothing to me. But on the contrary, when they saw that the gospel for the uncircumcised had been committed to me, as the gospel for the circumcised was to Peter, for he will work effectively in Peter. For the apostleship to the circumcised also worked effectively in me toward the Gentiles. And when James, Severus, and John, who seem to be? Do you get that? There are human pillars. They carry grace. They impart others so that they too can become pillars. Do you know there was a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire by night? They are not smokes. God wants individuals who become uh, custodian of truth and revelation in every generation and they cannot afford to be compromised. Because destinies are at stake. Let's read that. And when James Severs and John who seem to be pillars perceived the grace that has been given to me, they gave me and Barnabas, the right hand of fellowship, 
that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. But one thing must be constant in both areas. They desired only that we should remember the poor. The very thing which I also was eager to do. Tell your neighbor, it is much more blessed to give than to receive. That's your sticker for next Sunday. I don't sell stickers. We bring them and give them to you. I pray they will not stand against you. So we have seen pillars. How many will really desire to become custodian of God's truth and God's revelation for your generation so that you can serve your generation according to the will of God? I stand before God Almighty who graced me and I've not put my hand into filthy lucre so as to prove any point to any idiot. If there is no citadel at all, I will still continue doing what I am doing. Because that is not proving a point to anybody. That is just a gift. A tool for ministry. So that we have more space, more room, more classrooms to raise many more. And raise more pillars that will permeate society as light of the world and salt of the earth. That is the whole essence of it. Or else... The building and the builder and everything in need will be destroyed. Now, let's leave the pillars. You understand that now? Because if I gloss over this, you will just hear these things. You will not be able to apply it until you become one with it. The word must become flesh. You must become a pillar. A kingdom financial pillar. A kingdom resource center. Who tools other people and equips them so that they too can become effective in their ministries. Let's leave that and let's come to the synagogue of Satan. It's very simple to detect who they are. He said they say they are Jews but they lie. The word Jew pertains to Judah, which simply means praise. They tell you they are praising God, but they are praising other gods. You can look in the book of Ezekiel chapter 8. They were worshipping the God of the sun right in the temple. And Tammuz, that's God, the God of fertility. And they'll say, come, 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 we give you twins, we give you this, we give you that. You carry three plates, you carry this. Look, God is not in such a business. The fruit of the womb belongs to him. He does it when he wants to do it. Jacob said, am I in a position of God? But the one you are, the one given triplets and, 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 and twins, you can pray and God can answer, but you don't have anointing for triplets. And the gullible will run in there without checking the word. Are you greater than patriarch Jacob? When Rachel said, give me a child or I die, as I'm not in position of God. Give me God, Modek, Give me a loan. Did any of them not become fruitful at the end of the day? If God closes your womb, it's because he's bringing a nation out of that womb. He wants to open the womb of a new generation. 
Look at all the years my mother waited and waited and waited and waited like she will never get anything. Here I am. You don't see her anymore, but you see me. It's a continuum. Give me a second, Peter. Who are they? Give me chapter 2. There are a lie. The synagogue of Satan, wherever you see the true church, the synagogue of Satan is not far. It doesn't matter what they wrote in their signboard. Second Peter, chapter 2, verse, But there were also false prophets among the people. Even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves sweet destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle and their destruction does not slumber. That's the synagogue of Satan. I can take you into Second Corinthians. He said, those are false apostles. Huh? Evil workers pretending to be apostles of Christ. And Satan himself transformed himself into an angel of light. And so are his people. So, Illuminati and Illumination, they look alike. There's such a thin line between divination and revelation and between magic and miracle. And now it's getting much more blood than ever before that you see magic and embrace it and say it's a miracle. Except you operate in superior discernment. I've held my peace for years. But it's about time to remove the veil so that the true church can emerge and the signal dog of Satan can be shut down. What is the depth of Satan? Go back into your Bible where you saw the depths of Satan. Open it. In Revelation chapter 3. Chapter 2. It's in chapter 2. And those of you who do not know the depths of Satan, can you see it? Have you seen it? By the side of depths, you will see the figure A. Or the letter A. Is it there? Go in the middle column. It will give you Second Timothy. Chapter number three, that's how to study the Bible. That's how you know what the depths of Satan are. So let's go into Second Timothy chapter three, and you will see that the love of money and love of self is the depth of Satan. That's where many people are swimming. It's the root of all evils. Second Timothy three. But know this that in the last days, very lost times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people, kiss them. From such people, have fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness. From such people, turn away. 
For this so that those who creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, led away by various laws, always learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, as Janice and Jembris, magicians, resisted Moses, so do these also receive the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further. I can't hear your amen. amen. But they will progress no further. Amen. For their folly will be manifest to all as theirs also was. Very soon it will be clear. I remember Dr. Uh, my friend who's gone to heaven now, Dr. Femi Adebayo, the mother-in-law, was part of a church of a man who is also dead. I will not mention name. And the man was preaching hot message that the, that the Lord just said to me, if you will give one million in one month, you'll get ten million back. And if you don't get it, come back for your money. The woman took her serious, took him serious, and went and gathered all that he had and brought it to pastor. Here's my one million. I believe in you. I believe in the prophecy. But she's smart. She started counting. But the 31st day when she did not get her, I said, Pastor, I've come back for my money. I'm not joking. So quickly, or I will call police. <laughs> because others will not come back. That's why they get away with it. Also, the woman said thank you and left the church. That will start taking place then they will know how not to promise what they cannot deliver. Where is that in scripture? Let's go to the lukewarm church. Chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse 14. Thank you. Verse 14. If you are looking for a strong rebuke for pastors merchandising the anointing and churches boasting of their material riches, you don't need to go too far to find one. Revelation 3, 14 to 21. Revelation 3, 14 to 21. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write... This thing says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Do you know what that means? You make me sick. I feel like throwing up when I see you. You make me sick. Because you say I'm rich. I become wealthy. And I have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, you are miserable, you are poor, you are blind and naked. See heaven's perspective of the, of the highly high, esteemed abominations that you celebrate. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich. And white garments, God wants you to be rich, but without sorrow. Without getting it from Satan. 
and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with eye salve so that you may see as many as I love are rebuke and chasing. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door. They've locked him out. And knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I pray that your ears will hear and you will fully understand and you will not be so gullible to be taken advantage of that you will test every spirit wherever you may find yourself and be sure it's of the Lord until you're sure and pass away that don't make a move. Having said this, let me make one more submission because time is fast spent. If this is the foundation I laid today, I can't rush these things. I can't rush them. We are driven into the jungle for too long a time that you cannot quickly just rush back to the street. You have to make a U-turn in God and come back to the place of Lord, teach me and help me so that I'm not taking advantage of and I have something to show for my faith. I want you to know that as there are pillars of progress, there are also caterpillars of progress. As there are pillars of progress, there are caterpillars of progress. With your obedience and yieldedness to God, you attract the pillar principles to yourselves and you begin to do them. With your rebellion, you attract the caterpillars of progress. And they will devour you, destroy you. It does not matter what you have acquired before you will lose all. Listen to Job. Job said, for example, Job said, I've made a covenant with my eyes. Why should I behold upon a maid? And he concluded in Job 31, adultery is a heinous crime, punishable by the law. But that's not what bothers me. It will root out all my increase. It will root out all my increase. Even if you do not want to fear God, that you do not want to return to your village the way you came, that should give you some sanctified common sense and say, this is caterpillar. As there are pillars of progress, there are also caterpillars of progress. Joel chapter 2 verse 23. Joel 2 verse 23. Give it to me in KJV please. Because I really want them to see the caterpillars. KJV, thank you. Be glad then you children of Zion 
and rejoice in the Lord your God for he has given you the former rain moderately and it will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain when? In the first month. The latter in the former rain and the latter in the first month. That's why we started April 1. Uh, it's deliberate. It led us to it. Do you understand me? It's going to rain all around us, all throughout life. If we stay in the place of yieldedness and obedience. Let's read. And the floor shall be full of wheat. The fast shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locusts had eaten, the canker worm, and the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. See, those armies are always there. They are outside of the boundary of your tent when you yield to God and when you obey him. When you stray out, the caterpillars come to devour. Which one are you attracting? The pillars or the caterpillars? You have to be the judge. Let's read further. And you shall eat in plenty. I can't hear you. And be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God. That are dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I'm in the midst of Israel. And that I'm the Lord your God and none else and my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward. After you have eaten in plenty and you are satisfied, I will pour my spirit upon you. No shakara, 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 shakara. There's no food at home. There's no... No, 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 no. After you've eaten and you're full and you're satisfied, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh, not just the church. Upon all flesh. You can become a conduit pipe to major revival and reformation in society because you yield yourself to God. He will test you, he will prune you, and when he finds you faithful, he passes himself through you to others. Which one have you been attracting either to? Pillars or caterpillars. Your yieldedness and obedience will bring up pillars to you and your rebellion will attract the caterpillars of progress. God forbid that in year 2019 you will attract any caterpillars yourself. Yeah. Having laid this foundation... Let us now separate the wheat from the tear and the chaff from the grain by again defining good success and true prosperity. I did on Friday night. I want to do it again. You must get it. Because, see, see, for a very long time, Materialism has been masquerading as prosperity in the church. And people don't know the difference. That masquerade has eaten deep into the soul of the church. Men become so materialistic. So the size of my account, the type of my car, and the number of my congregation gives me a platform. 
whether God is with me or not. Whether Satan is the one doing mahuru mahuru. Ask anybody in church what is success. Tell me the truth. Before Friday, what do you consider to be success? Prosperity. What is prosperity? Increase. Increase. What is increase? (laughs) Ego. Kudi. Owo. M. K. O. Money, kudi, uwo. Fame, power, prestige, money. That's what we consider success and prosperity. From God's perspective, zero. You can get that from Satan. And you waste your life in no time. And you leave all behind. I'm not sure you read what Steve Jobs said before he died. Go and Google it. He ordered for a brand new yacht costing 30 or 30 something million dollars. He delivered it to his wife. She's going about with the boyfriend now. Finito. You celebrate them to high heavens. You want the autograph. You like them to invite you to their party. And so that you can invite them to yours too. And everybody will know you have arrived. You're now the latest big boy on the block. Ikunjogede. The first time the word success occurs in the Bible is not Joshua 1.8. That's where everybody runs to. To give you context and meaning, he was a servant born in Abraham's household who became his chief steward that first used the word success and when you look at the law of first mention he carried the same meaning all throughout scripture a rich man is not successful in the sight of God if the source of that riches in God Genesis 24, verse 10. Am I boring you? I'll keep on saying it till you get it. So that you don't join cliques and clubs. And then finish and he said, you stand before him and say, I never knew you. I prophesy your name. Not me, you just use my name. You're a man who uses God and uses his name. I never knew you. You that walk iniquity depart from me. Genesis 24, verse 10. And the servant... That's Eliezer. Took ten camels of the camels of his master and departed for all the goods of his master 
were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia and to the city of Nahor. And he made his camels to kneel down without the city by a well of water at the time of the evening, even the time that women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. What is success here? Money. Riches. Fame. Banana Island. Lekki Peninsula. This guy had no regard for those things. He was controlling everything that Abraham had. Abraham was blessed in all things. He was the one in charge. He was sent on errand to go look for a wife for the heir apparent. And he took ten camels, some of them carrying gold. He was not impressed by gold. When he said, grant me success this day, find out what he was saying. Let's read. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher, that I may drink. And she says, drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this are we know that you have shown kindness to my, to my master. Abraham asked him to put his hand in between his thighs to swear to him that he will not marry a daughter of Canaan for his son. And he did. He said, supposing the woman is not willing to follow me, he said, you are discharged. But don't just marry from here. The angel of the Lord, whom I serve, will go before you. How many women came to the well that day? One. The angel on assignment sent all the others on under errands. And that you cannot separate success from prosperity shows from this man. Because the moment he mentioned success, he also mentioned the word prosper. Look down with me. When, when Rebecca showed up and Rebecca began to fulfill the script that he had, you know, written to God or spoken to God, Rebecca showed up and fulfilled it. And the man in verse 21 spoke. Genesis 24, 21. And the man wondering at her remained silent so as to know whether the Lord has made his journey prosperous or not. Does this tally with the prosperity they preach in church? What is success here? What is prosperity here? I'll give you the right definition. Let's progress. Let's go to the second man who was extremely successful and was also prosperous. Let's see what the situation of his life was that God called him in his word successful and at the same time prosperous. Let us see how many limousines he had in his garage. How many mansions he had built to show up and all kinds of exotic cars that he had parked. They are not going to bury you in those cars. Guess what will happen? Your children will sell them. Go and write it down. They will sell it for peanut. You know, because they don't know how you got it. And when they are broke because they don't know how to produce, they will sell it all. Genesis 39. Am I boring you? 
I'm repeating what you have heard and what you know. You better be patient with me. See, because I've followed this track for more than 30 years now. I've not shifted ground at any time for anybody. Do you understand me? And I know what works. I'm not ready to call a cow my cousin because I want to eat barbecue. No. Genesis 13. Now Joseph, you remember, had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him. Did what? I can't hear you. Bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. Twice sold. His brother sold him to Ishmaelites for 20 shekels. The Ishmaelites sold him to Potiphar maybe for 30 shekels. Twice sold. The Lord was with Joseph. And he was a successful man. Church, we should weep here. When we despise people and look down on those who do not have. And we do not know the process God is taking them through. The Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Success is the shoe I wear, my suit, the type of designer belt and designer jeans and the class I fly. Huh? And how many people are saying rank high daddy? Cabo, cabo, or maybe lesser, or maybe lesser, or kill a lano cabo, or a yak baby. You understand? You think that's success? He was a successful man. Oh, you would think I'm teaching you not to, not to, not to desire or to have money. No, I'm teaching you so that money will not have you, so that you have it and kick it wherever God wants it kicked. That money forever will remain a slave and a tool in your hand. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper. You can't separate good success from true prosperity. The Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. Which one was going to his private account? Do you know as a slave who was not entitled to salary? Other than food, a place to sleep. But because this man was so faithful, he got to a place that the slave became the overseer. And the overseer became a prisoner. And the prisoner became the father of Pharaoh. And teacher of all the... Ruler of all Egypt and teachers of senators' wisdom. Because while he was going through process, his progress will be evident to all if he will go through. Let's read a little further. I think you are tired. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house. And all that he had, he put under his authority, just as Abraham did with Eliezer. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, but this time not for Joseph's benefit. 
Joseph was not deriving any material benefit from it, but God was just doing it for the Egyptians. And won't you be feeling this type? Tori Timilolong Shinshikini. Won't you recognize him? Won't you for me, Lily? Won't you for me? Not Joseph! He had seen where God was taking him ahead of time. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptians all for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the field, in the house, and in the field. Man, thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. There's nothing you can do to Omori Bedi. To back bed. And there's nothing you can do to Omoerofo. To back Besuri bed. It doesn't matter what the person is going through, even if he's wearing rags, he will still be looking good. Do you understand me? You needed to have seen me at the University of Lagos. You think I came from a millionaire's home. You can testify. I was neat. I was sharply dressed. I wear suit to exam hall. You enter my room like this, you see red carpet, you see color TV, you see refrigerator, because I wore before I came. Confido. I'll tell you the rest in future. This man was good looking. In form. In appearance. In shape. And that became a professional hazard. God will not use an untested vessel. You might think that was Satan's arrangement. It was God saying... Would this man eat the forbidden fruit or understand boundary? And when Mrs. Potiphar came and said, Oh boy, I'm the only thing not in your control. I surrender. Come on top of me. He said, Ah, hey, I'm going Madam, forbidding. You are my master's wife. You are the only one I have no control over. In this garden, you are the tide. I cannot eat you and survive. Sorry. I'm pressed every day. He said, no. And one day came alone in the house. Did not wait to argue, just left the garment and fled. He used it as circumstantial evidence against him and they threw him into prison. Now that he was no longer overseer, now that he was not in charge of any business, let us see whether what he had with God has reduced. Go back to the end of that story. When they threw him into prison for me. Let me read. And then I give definition 
and we close. Because when I come back and show you what it means for the presence of God to be with you, you will also discover that even Ishmael prospered because God was with him. I want you to understand, it's not, I'm not playing. I'm not playing. In the wilderness of Paran, because he also is the seed of Abraham, and God was with him. You must understand what we are saying. That this is no respecter of theology or doctrine. Is either you experience the presence of God or you don't. And the Lord was with Joseph. And was a successful man. They can't find it. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison. A place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison. But the Lord was in prison. Huh? If you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. If you go through the fire, I'll be with you. If we go through the streams, I'll be with you. Everyone that I've created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. You must pass through waters and rivers and fire and be purified seven times and be tested before you become a pillar. Do you understand me? That testing period is not easy. You'll be looking for quick fixes. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph and all the prisoners who were in the prison. Consibiti man, he was chun joga. Or guy le want loda. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. If he was in charge of prison, why didn't he throw the key away? And why did he not run? He knew he would not have to run. They would come to him. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. Because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it. What is your definition of prosperity now? In this context. Oga wuli, oga afar. Or God preacher. Is this your, the understanding and the interpretation you are giving to prosperity and success to your people? That they are chasing what is not lost? That they have become crooked like the rest of the world? Demanding bribe, giving it, and saying if you can't beat them, join them? You are listening to this. A prosperous slave, a prosperous prisoner, sure to all that we have been preaching. Deceiving people and not knowing that there is no progress without process. That God will not use an untested vessel that has taken us to a place where material things will not matter to us anymore because they don't even affect who we are. Can you imagine Jesus having a prayer session because of his large entourage so that he will not file bankruptcy? Huh? Or do you see him uh, thinking of want and talking about want and how do we meet these needs? What was it that made Jesus successful in his ministry? What brought all that he needed to him? 
How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all of them that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Successful people are those who do with excellence the things God calls them to do. This is one reason why you must never confuse the prosperity of the righteous with that of the wicked. Never ever confuse them. Psalm 37 verse 16. Psalm 37 verse 16 to 20. Psalm 37, 16 to 20. A little that a righteous man has. Hello. Put it on the scale. Weigh it. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked, regardless of how high their fences are. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The Lord knows the days of the upright and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish and the enemies of the Lord like the splendor of the middle shall vanish into smoke. They shall vanish away. Verse 37 and 38. Verses 37 and 38. Mark the blameless man and observe the upright. For the future of that man, I can hear you. See, I told you on Friday night that the first pillar is the presence of God. I'm coming back to all that in future. The second pillar is peace. The reason you are going through what you are going through is so that God can deposit his peace on the inside of you because peace is a foundation of increase. As to the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Mark the blameless man. He's not full of anxiety. He's not full of worry. He's not worshiping mammon. Mark the blameless man and the, observe the opera. For the future of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. So who are you following? Whose principles are you embracing? Let me give definition of success and prosperity and I close. And then we go. We have not finished. We are not rushing. Then we go. By the time we get to the pillars, you will see what you are becoming. You see a foretaste of it. If God will not show the picture to Joseph, there will be no future. He will compromise God. Oh yes. So thoughts will come to your mind that if Mrs. Potiphar came to me by her own accord, I will become the captain Potiphar. You are not an Egyptian.
here a Bible-based, some definition of good success and true prosperity. Bible-based, sound definition of good success and true prosperity. Good success begins with a comprehension of your God-given assignment. Good success begins with a comprehension of your God-given assignment and it's accomplished when you fulfill same by the grace of God. Good success begins with a comprehension of your God-given assignment and it's accomplished when you fulfill same by the grace of God. True prosperity, however, is having the presence of God in your life. True prosperity is having the presence of God in your life, even as it causes you by his grace to make a success of your endeavors. True prosperity is having the presence of God in your life, even as it causes you by his grace to make a success of your endeavors. That is the meaning of Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. It shows you how to, in Joshua 1, 8, we have looked at Genesis 24, success and prosperity. We have looked at Genesis 39, success and prosperity, consistent. Now Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Shall not, you shall meditate therein day and night. It becomes your food. It becomes your thought pattern. It shapes your thought processes. You think in the word. You speak in the word. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But thou shalt meditate in day and night. Not just meditating. So that you may observe to do. According to what is written therein. Then you. When you have mastered the rope. When you have learned the ropes. You will make your way prosperous. And you will have good success. The word way there is direct. Direct there means a comprehension of your divine assignment. You will comprehend what the assignment God has given you and once you, are, you understand the assignment you've given you, it grants you grace to fulfill it. You become prosperous. The man that he spoke this to was Joshua. Joshua had no real estate. Joshua had no gold. Joshua had no silver. Until the twilight of his, uh, the end of his life and ministry, when he had distributed all the land to the children of Israel, that they now gave him his own real estate. It doesn't matter how much you have in the bank. It may be a billionaire and still be a total failure in the sight of God. Why? The blessings of the Lord makes rich. He does not add sorrow to it. Check if you have peace in your heart. Because the peace of God is the umpire of God's will. There is no peace for the wicked, said the Lord. I will continue from here next week when we begin to take the pillar one by one. I think each pillar or two may take a Sunday for you to gain understanding and to be able to walk in those things until you yourself become the pillar. Until you understand the principles and you apply them. And stop all shortcuts. Because there is no shortcut in the long run. Shortcuts are not short in the long run. It's time 
to follow God and to help him do his work in us. He delights in the prosperity of his servant. Stand to your feet. Father, we give you glory and praise. This first Sunday of the year, we dedicate ourselves unto you afresh. We want to prosper God's own way. We want to succeed God's own way. We are not looking for material mesmerism. We are not going to be derailed and distracted by what this world or Satan can offer. The blessings of the Lord is what we desire. It's our year of God's bountiful blessings. We will obey you. We will yield ourselves to you. And we thank you that no caterpillars of progress will operate in our lives. Thank you, Father. Begin your work in us. Let our progress be evident to all. You have promised that you will make a difference between those who serve you and those who serve you not. Let it begin now so that the true church can arise and the synagogue of Satan can be shut down. Deliver us from the depths of Satan that the love of money will not derail and drown us in destruction. To your name be glory and praise. In Jesus' mighty name and the people said, so much for listening. We have to end it here today, but it's been a real joy to come into your homes to unveil the truth of God's Word. I pray that the Word of God you have received will sink deeply into your hearts and bring forth tangible fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. In addition, I pray that the truth you've embraced will not only set you free, but it will empower you to impact your environment positively as God's representative in your sphere of influence. Till we meet again on this platform, remain sandwiched between the peace of God and the God of peace. God bless you richly. Bye Bye for for now. now.